1: Oakland A's baseball is just an hour away.
2: Elvis hits a high five ball to left. Drifting back on it. Winker is still going back. He's at the track. He's right to the wall. Leaping
0: at the wall. And it's gone.
2: The pitch. Fastball strike three.
3: Called high octane at 95. A half a dozen K's for
2: Caprillion through four.
1: It's time to take you inside the clubhouse with the A's total access pregame show presented by Chevron.
2: Swing on a fly ball right field and deep and Haggerty's going back. At the track, you'll turn, and watch it fly. And Laureano goes the other way with a three-run home run.
1: Follow the A's 24-7 on A's Cast, your home for nonstop A's baseball. A's total access with Chris Townsend starts now.
4: It's game two of the three-game set between the Athletics and the Astros. Montas up against Garcia, coming your way at 640. The A's are above 500 in July playing good baseball, especially in the second half, scoring a lot of runs. Vince Catronio, I gotta tell you, today, a perfect summer night here in Oakland, California. It doesn't get any better in the East Bay.
3: It is gorgeous, and it's gonna be an interesting night, of course, with Frankie Montas on the mound for the Athletics. I would imagine there'll be a a collection of scouts that'll quietly come on in and uh, take their seats and pay attention, and Trading deadline's a week away. We don't know what the A's are going to do, but certainly Frankie's a name that's come up quite a bit. Uh, I think he proved that he was healthy coming back in his last starting against the Tigers with three innings, but only 53 pitches. See how far he can go tonight, see how effective he can be against the Astros, and then we'll just let it play out, I suppose.
4: Yeah, no offense is just demoralizing for the ball club, for the fans. But I got to tell you, last 11 games, how much fun have you been having calling these games where the A's are scoring runs and hitting the ball out of the ballpark?
3: Well, it's it's been fun to watch, Tony, and it's it's fun to see them competitive. And uh, when they've fallen behind, it's not the end of the world. We're, for a good portion of the first half of the season, i sure felt that way. But even against the Astros in the last game of, before the All-Star break, they were down three runs late, and they came back and won that contest. And when you've got the ability to get one or more on one swing of the bat, which was lacking for quite a bit of time, and that's turned around. The A's had the fourth most home runs in the league in the month of July. They've hit now 26 home runs of their 80 in July. So that does make a difference. We're seeing big innings. We're seeing crooked numbers, and, you know, it makes it easier for Marcotte. It makes it easier for the pitching staff as well.
4: Well, have a great call tonight and enjoy this one. Looking forward to it. The Athletics and the Astros coming your way. Zach Jackson, A's reliever, number one in the American League and holds, is next right here on A's Total Access, brought to you by Chevron.
5: Like sports, business is about winning.
8: connect of Cal State East Bay at csueastbay.edu slash impact.
5: This is A's Total Access.
4: Zach Jackson has had a fantastic year for the Oakland Athletics out of the bullpen, and he continues to put up good numbers, and he's leading the American League and holds. He joined us earlier today on the field to talk about how excited he is for the opportunity to be here with the A's.
9: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I know a lot of guys feel that way. You know, a lot of guys that were maybe just looking for an opportunity who had kind of been sitting in the minors for a while. Um, you know, obviously I was one of those guys, and the way it's gone this year is, you know, we've had a little bit longer leashes to, you know, kind of figure things out up here just because it's such a learning process. But, yeah, obviously coming to the field every day, getting to being a big league ballpark every day is, you know, something – been dreaming of forever. So, yeah, it's it's a great opportunity.
4: Yeah, we talk about it all the time, and it's whether, you know, because we see a lot of different players come in and out, even though when the A's are having good years, that happens. And you say, you know, the great thing about coming to the A's, it's the land of opportunity. If you do well, you will move up. If you do well, you will play. That is the bottom line. And that's not always the case in other organizations. Is that something, you know, when you came to the A's, you realize I'm going to actually get a legit shot.
9: Yeah, you know, it was, it was something where, you know, I came over here after COVID year where I didn't, you know, even get invited to the alternate site. You know, I'm kind of, you know, just sitting there trying to figure out what my baseball career is going to look like past 2020 and, you know, get over here. And they had made that very apparent that it was like, look, you know, you're essentially playing for your spot and if you pitch better than everybody else then you're going to be the guy who moves And that's really all you can ask for as a player you know i know that a lot of times with analytics the way that it's kind of set up now is you're just really hoping for an opportunity that you know your numbers can show it and uh you know i'm definitely fortunate to be an a because that's kind of how it's gone since i've been over here
4: well right now you're leading and i don't even know if you guys pay attention to this you're leading the american league in holds now, that gives me something to talk about in a show like this, and I do the pre, and I do the post and everything. But for you, does that matter to you to even look at that? You know, I, I think as a rookie it, it
9: doesn't as much. You know, I, I think it's cool to say those things. But like, like you said, I mean, th- this has been a big opportunity for me. So, yeah. being a rookie, I just want to stay here. You know, I, I know that uh, there's been a lot lot of opportunity to back end in that bullpen this year. And so, for me, just being fortunate enough to go out there and have the opportunity to pitch in clutch situations has been the coolest thing for me. You know, I'm, I'm not a big stat guy myself. I kind of – Made that a point not to look at it because I think sometimes you can get a little too consumed with maybe, you know, reaching for a certain number or whatever. And, you know, once you get up here, you realize you just need to take the ball and give yourself a scoreless inning, you know, put your team in a position to win a game. So, yeah, I I can't say I'm too big on the stats, but I I did not know that. That's that's pretty cool.
4: I, I love how you come in. And you're just airing it out. It's like, <laughs> here it is, fastball slider, here you go. Sometimes you're what I like to call effectively wild. Um, but that can play for you. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that people need to realize mm. when you come out of the bullpen is that you're coming in to not pitch to contact, Great to have your defense work behind you, but you don't want a whole whole lot of contact. Talk about your game plan when you come in out of the bullpen, especially late in games.
9: Yeah, I think that's kind of always been the scouting report around me. Um, obviously, sometimes that you know can be a deficit the way that you know I've been in the past, and I think it's been the biggest learning opportunity this first half is like. Hey, you know, even though you're not trying necessarily to pitch to hard contact because you have a big league defense behind you, sometimes sometimes you have to, and I think that's kind of the approach I've taken lately. You know, I really had a stretch there where it was just the walks were getting out of control, and I know it's frustrating to watch, It's frustrating to pitch the way that it happened. But you know, at this point, it's just been a mindset that hey, if if they can hit it, you know, see if you can. But just trying to go out there with the most confidence you can, and you know, saying that the the coaches believe I should be here for a reason. I'm uh, really going out there with my best stuff, and, you know, to this point it's worked out pretty well.
4: Sometimes it's release point. Sometimes it's just your body. You're a little out of control with the body. So when, when it's not going well for you, what do you think it is?
9: Yeah, I mean, for anybody who's watched, obviously I don't have the most – orthodox mechanics <laughs> yeah. uh you know I, I think a lot of it is just timing for me you know it's it's not necessarily i'm a guy you know trying to hit an exact spot it's you know usually you know cutting the plate in half one way or the other and trying to go there and you know i think to trying to maybe expand where i'm throwing the ball and just making sure it's in the zone or at least you know a quality pitch to see if they're going to get something to swing at and You know, so for me, I think a lot of it's more mentality, even though a lot of people would probably say, no, like your body's off or whatever, just because the way you throw. I I think it's probably a combination of both. But honestly, when you get your mentality right, especially at this level that, you know, you can't be scared to face the hitters at this level as good as they are, you know, just be ready to go attack them.
4: And your ability to pitch up in the zone. And the ball just, it's one of those, you know, defies gravity type. Your ball stays up. It plays well because batters can't get on top of it. Talk about how that's a strength for you.
9: Yeah, I think that's something, especially working in the offseason. Uh, I've worked with uh, Matt Hobbs. He's a coach at Arkansas now. Um, and even Wes Johnson, who was the guy uh, with the Twins. And that was when I really started understanding analytics and, you know, seeing what my fastball does. And you have that, you know, vertical break, essentially that ride for people who aren't familiar with the terms and, you start realizing that, like, okay, this is the reason a pitch, you know, succeeds in this part of the zone and really understand who I was as a pitcher because, you know – how it was growing up, it's, hey, down and away, see if you can locate down there, and then you realize, well, that's not the most effective way for me to pitch. Um, so I think really getting in the offseason, getting in the lab, and just kind of understanding who I was, developing, you know, who I was in the minor leagues, trying to not necessarily reinvent myself, but, you know, pitch the way that my body and my, you know, fastball especially plays off of that. So I think a lot of that goes into offseason work and, you know, just tr- really trying to execute it out here.
4: And that's the great thing about the technology That we have in our sport, because back in the day, they tried to teach everybody. I'm a failed old college pitcher myself, and everything was live down, build it. They used to say, build the foundation, build the house down, and you want everything sinking down. And now you're a part of a generation where they say, no up because they can't there's no launch angle on your high fastball and you're in a huge ballpark if there's a swirling wind right now wait till it gets nighttime go ahead try and hit the ball in the air here so i mean i think that that's really been good for guys like you the fact that if there was just a keep it down and sink it that's not always the best everybody's different and your strengths are different
9: yeah and like i said i it's definitely a you know a point to make of emphasis is this ballpark is favorable especially for guys like me who are just needing to prove to yourself hey you need to throw strikes to these guys see what they can do against you and you know you'll have balls that are hit pretty good here and it's like you know you have a great outfield out there um so it's like if I can just keep the ball in the park and it's you know fairly easy to do here compared to maybe some other places so I I think like I said just learn who you are as a pitcher learn your ballpark and really trust in your stuff
4: Great stuff with Jack Zach Jackson. You can check him out the entire interview, athletics.com slash A's cast. Up next, Jessica Kleinschmidt. She's got an update from Mark Kotze on some pitching and the number one pick, Daniel Susak. That's all coming up next right here on A's Total Access, brought to you by Chevron.
2: Smart.com.
10: The A's are back, and you won't want to miss this epic matchup. The A's host the Giants in the Bay Bridge Series, presented by Gilead Sciences at the Coliseum August 6th and 7th.
3: Three-two runner goes, swinging, and a miss, and down goes Estrada and the Giants in the 7th.
10: Catch some summer vibes and get your tickets to see the Athletics take on the Giants at the Coliseum. Pack your sunscreen and shades and bring your friends or family out to the ballpark for the Bay Bridge Series. Tickets are selling quickly. Get your tickets today at athletics.com. TICKETS.
1: A's cast is your destination for nonstop A's baseball
2: Jed deep in the box slightly open the pitch to him is swung on and launched a deep right way back from at the track he will turn and watch it fly. Jed Lowry homers to right center and shoots the A's in front. The next pick swung on and hammered a deep right center field.
3: Kiermaier on the run to the track at the wall. Jumps and it is gone. Sean Murphy bangs one out to deep right center.
1: This is A's Total Access with Chris Townsend presented by Chevron.
4: And
3: joining us is Jessica
4: Kleinschmidt right here from the press box here at the Coliseum on a beautiful night in the east bay doesn't get any better than this
11: i agree and it was nice to you know i I see these draft picks coming out here and they're pretty spoiled with the weather i know is it a thing that all teams invite their first round draft picks to work out that's a thing right yes across the league everybody will yeah Yeah, they've been doing it for
4: all forever
11: yeah and it's kind of cool like these guys get spoiled with the weather here and then unfortunately they have to go play and you know lansing michigan and or
4: these like guys that. are going back to arizona or the
11: arizona where it's even hotter yeah they're leaving uh, i think bolte left for phoenix today and susac leaves tomorrow
4: yeah mesa it's only about 110 today uh,
11: they actually have like heat weather or like they have to take breaks because it gets too hot or advisories heat advisories is what I should say
4: oh it is uh, it is no joke and I'll tell you one thing about these guys that we've seen so far Susack and, and bolty Um if a basketball game breaks out, we're going to be okay. Yeah. We, we got some tall – we got some big kids that we've drafted.
11: Yeah, and, I mean, Bolte definitely has this body. We actually compared it to Mark Canna, I feel, like this body, the body type of him. But then Susak, I feel like he still needs to grow into his body a little bit more, but he's definitely tall, and he's a former football player. He was a quarterback, so he certainly has that down. But it was really cool. I was watching him take batting practice. I don't know if you watched him, but he was doing this squat motion. And he squats kind of when he, I don't know if it was a timing thing, it was right before the pitcher released. And, of course, this is batting practice, and throwing BP is different from an actual warm-up or from a wind-up. And I asked him about it, and he said he needs to do that because it reminds him to use his bottom half. But this wasn't like a new thing. This was something that he's been doing since high school, and it was a reminder to come more and have more of that power toward the bottom. But his swing's really smooth and buttery, which is kind of cool, but it comes through slow. It's definitely different, but it was cool to watch him take batting practice. He certainly has some power.
4: And to watch these two guys just have this day where you get to take batting practice on the field, You know, your first pick, your first-round pick, your second-round pick, and they get the experience and at the same time you got mom you got dad brothers sisters and everybody family around it's like it's a it's a day none of these guys and hopefully they're here and played in the big leagues for years but for their family and for their friends that are here it's a day they'll never forget
11: yeah and you mentioned the the family and friends because they get to watch the game from the suite the owner's suite so they get like the full red carpet feel and all of that and yeah shagging flies in the outfield bar like shooting it with the the guys and stuff like that that's just a fun feeling but he seemed comfortable they both did um and then susac of course not only has his brother who knew who knows how the bigs were because he played for the giants but max stassi former a uh, catcher is one of his coaches and so he gets to pick his brain, not only about the catching position in the bigs, but what it's like to play for the A's organization. And Max Stassi said he loves the A's and everything like that. So it was cool to see that. And he was very impressed with the fact that Stassi got his extension, a well-deserved extension. And it was really cool to see that. And I had my one-on-one with Susac, And they're definitely two different personalities. But Susak is definitely a guy here ready to play ball.
4: Everybody in baseball is going to watch, watch this start tonight by Frankie Montas, and it has nothing to do with the Astros. It has nothing to do with the A's. Yeah,
11: well, it's even more to do, not even just the trade deadline, but how far he's going to go, because he only threw 53 pitches in his last outing, and so I asked Kotze, how many pitches does he have a pitching limit right now, and they hadn't discussed it, but you if you want to pay attention to the ticker, around the 50 pitch mark, see what how... Montas is doing, check his velo, because that's where they're going to make the big decision right then and there. So I know teams, I believe at least three, are looking at him very, very closely, and they're going to see not only how his velocity goes, but how long he can add... And advance those frames as, as the game goes on. And I feel like it'd just be a good ego boost for him. And so that'll be good to see. And then we have Cole Urban tomorrow, which is exciting. But more injury news. You guys mentioned, I think on A's cast, Jed Lowry will be in Las Vegas with his minor league assignment, five innings out in the field, probably DHing tomorrow. Um, so, gonna get a good overview of that. Um, and then Danny Jimenez had his bullpen through to live BP came out healthy which is imperative and on friday they're looking at a rehab assignment in triple a for him
4: it has been a long time since we've seen danny jimenez you
11: told me earlier like when like i forget that he was even around like when's the last time he pitched and we're heading into august in a couple ticks so yeah
4: it's been well over a month and and it just shows you you know sometimes these rehabs don't go as fast as you want and You know, you think about a guy that was anointed as the closer and you take him out. I mean, obviously it's going to affect the bullpen. The bullpen has been better of late, but, you know, it would be that much better with him in it.
11: Yeah, and I don't know if you saw, and actually one Mr. Cody Elias sent me a blurb from Bowden saying that Zach Jackson was getting some interest, Lou Trevino and A.J. Puck were also getting some interest as far as the trade deadline is concerned, which is an ode to how good the bullpen has been. And I feel like you can make a case for maybe Lou needs to see a a change of scenery to be a little bit better elsewhere because we know how Lou was in recent years or not too long ago Um, but it's just an ode to that we saw Zach Jackson just be lights out you guys had him on the show earlier and I love I'm loving what he does I'm glad Puck's been stronger adding some mass to his body and becoming the guy out of the bullpen that they desperately need and you know I have a feeling. I want to say. I want. To, I think the front office has a bit of a crush on Austin Pruitt. They're putting him in quite a few innings to come in and help the starter, and that's been really cool to see a setup guy. But you're right. I've been very impressed with the bullpen's doing as in recent games.
4: Will you be shocked? I'm not going to hold you this, but okay. would you be shocked if there were a lot of moves made by the A's? And in some ways. They have to start clearing some roster spots for guys that they really want to look at who are much younger than the guys that are here.
11: I can't confidently say yes, only because I've been looking at a lot of the farm systems of these rumors that I've seen. Um, So maybe, but I also remember last season there was a flurry of moves in the opposite direction where we acquired a bunch of guys. So I could see that happening, maybe three or four huge moves as opposed to that. But then, you know, Beth and Court, that trade came way earlier than i anticipated and especially with these two with us in the rays they're not really guys to like they're not a de- depoto to start it all quickly like the rest of the teams do so i don't know i'm a little torn on that answer
4: all right quickly ask the same thing to vents uh, 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 with the theme like Bethancourt, yeah kind of a shocker right right what is your shocker give me your shocker trade who would be a shocker to you if they got traded
11: sean murphy I'd be very shocked if they let him go. I know for a fact the front office is absolutely obsessed with Sean, and I'm not surprised he got calls, but they're they're in love with him, so it'd have to be an overwhelming thing, but that would definitely shock me.
4: All right, there's your shocker. We will see. we got a few days left. Thank you very much. Enjoy the baseball Thank game. Thank you, Townie. Coming up next, it's the community spotlight. The CEO of Eat, Learn, Play is going to join Vince Catronio next, right here on A's Total Access,
5: brought to you by Chevron. Hyundai there's joy in every journey you're listening to the A's total access show
3: it is a special day tomorrow at the Coliseum eat learn play the Stephen and Aisha Curry Foundation is hosting 1,000 Oakland kids at the game Chris Helfrich is the CEO of the foundation and in our community spotlight, he explains the genesis of Eat, Learn, Play.
8: When we sat down, you know, some three and a half years ago to really conceive of what this foundation could do to best serve Oakland kids, it was Aisha and Stefan who were really adamant about working on these three uh, issue areas. And I, I was a little overwhelmed thinking about how do you bring these things together, but you know, you take a step back and you realize, oh, the Curry's, they're they are pretty smart in their approach. And it, it really is um, a whole child approach and trying to make sure that Oakland kids, which is what they care about, are positioned to live, you know, happy, healthy childhoods and be on the path to live um, successful lives. And, you know, being able to have uh, the platform that the Curry's do and to be able to, to use their voices as leverage to, to have impact is, it, it's, it's a real blessing for us. And so, you know, the work that we've been able to do over the last three years now is is thanks in large part to that original vision for them. And yeah, I, I mean, we're, we're happy with uh, the progress and the impact that we've had to date, but also want to recognize that we're still very early on in this in this journey of supporting and serving kids in Oakland and beyond.
3: Eed is the first component of the foundation, and Chris explains the fight to end food insecurity for kids thanks in part to eat, learn, play.
8: It's been rewarding and sobering at the same time. You know, and, and it's it's not an accident that eat comes first, right? When a child can start a day with a healthy, nutritious meal, then you know, th- then they have um, what they need to, to go pursue and, and live to their fullest potential. And so, you know, it was really, we got started in July of 2019. Um, and, and while we were doing some work feeding the community early on, we really made a pivot right before COVID hit when Aisha, you know, really, I think wisely anticipated that that food insecurity was gonna be a big problem with schools being closed indefinitely because of this uh, upcoming pandemic. You know, we knew at the time that, you know, some 18,000 kids in Oakland public schools at that point were relying on school meals for two or more meals every day. And so the question that she brought to me and to us was, what are we gonna do about it? And so we were ready on day one when, uh, when Oakland schools closed indefinitely to make sure the kids got fed. And obviously the the, the challenges just rose and, and we saw food insecurity in this community that we haven't seen in, in many generations. And so we feel fortunate to have been in a position where we could, you know, along with our partners, provide over 20 million meals to uh to to kids and families in need and not just providing, you know, um, you know, turkey sandwiches wrapped in cellophane vince it's like we employed 130 local restaurants to be preparing these meals and so we helped to get a lot, you know, uh, thousands of 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 Oakland Oaklanders back to work in the restaurants which was, you know, I think extra meaningful. Um, you know, and again, while we celebrate that, it's worth pointing out that right now, 37% of kids uh, in, in our hometown are food insecure. And so there's no resting on any laurels here. We're trying to figure out on a day-to-day basis, but also looking forward years and generations into the future, <clears throat> how can we put the building blocks in place or be a part of putting the building blocks in place so that that's not a worry that Oakland kids need, need to have. And so there's a lot of partners from the school system to the food bank and beyond that we're working with to make sure that we're trying to tackle this issue long-term.
3: Eatlearnplay.org is the website for the foundation. And Chris tells us by accessing the site, you can see opportunities to participate and the passion of the foundation. When you go
8: to your website, I think you learn a lot about our our foundation, but you also see the spirit and the energy behind our work, right? Um, There's just, we're, we're trying to start a movement locally to change the games and and put Oakland kids on the path to success and do so in 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 sometimes non traditional ways right and so you're right there's any number of ways to get involved I mentioned it earlier Vince that you know every dollar that gets donated eat or play goes right back out into the community via our partners and our programs and so we're 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 keeping none of it but again it 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 takes a village and so you know we are developing three years in um, our our, a robust volunteer program which which is gonna be exciting. Um, and we also shine a spotlight on our website and just generally on a lot of our great community partners that we work with, whether it's the Alameda County Community Food Bank, Oakland Unified School District, the Oakland Athletic League, whoever, and those organizations too have tons of volunteer opportunities so that you know, anybody who's inspired and wants to get involved in, in this effort, we can find a place for them to make a difference.
3: Reading on Level for Kids is a major focus a beat, Learn, Play.
8: Learning how to read at the right age is is critical. And it's a key determinant of future graduation rates and career success. And so there's there's a hyper focus we have on making sure that all Oakland kids uh, learn to read at the right times with the key indicators being kindergarten readiness and, and third grade reading levels. And so while we know these things to be important, um, in Oakland, unfortunately, especially coming out of the pandemic, the vast majority of, of kids and especially children of color are behind and not reading at grade level in our community. And so our attitude is, you know, what hope do these kids have? And, and what hope does the city have long-term if these rates continue? And what I'm talking about right now is like 15% only of black students in OUSD elementary schools and and less than that amongst Latino kids reading at grade level and so we're trying to do everything we can to 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 rally the community together to to change those statistics
3: part of eat learn plays commitment is to build 150 small-town libraries to provide free access to age appropriate books throughout the community the final pillar of the foundation is play and that's where steph curry's life experience comes into play
8: that was one of the things that he felt most strongly about when we were putting together this foundation he attributes you know, being able to play and being a part of youth sports and teams growing up to so much of, of who he is today. And he's obviously a person of, of of great character. And while we know that play is such a fundamental part of character development in kids, um, kids, you know, in Oakland and, and, and around the country are, are, are playing less than they have in generations. Um, and we're trying to make you know, safe places and great opportunities to play accessible for all kids. So that means refurbishing a lot of local community, uh, parks and rec centers and and Oakland schoolyards. Um, We also are huge supporters of uh, summer camps all over the city. Um, We're about to take a big chunk out of trying to revitalize middle school sports in, in, in Oakland schools. Um, We're really at the beginning stages, though, to be honest, of figuring out what's the highest and best use for us in order to mobilize kids in the city to be more active and and to have fun while doing it.
3: Our thanks to Chris Helfrich, CEO of Eat, Learn, Play. Go to eatlearnplay.org for more information and hear the entire conversation. Go to athletics.com slash acecast.
0: Humboldt Redwood from Ashby Lumber. They gave us a great deal, provided us with a quick quote, and we couldn't be happier. We even found a great
8: contractor through their online contractor directory. Don't miss a day outdoors. Visit Ashby Lumber in Berkeley or Concord to see our stock of naturally strong, naturally beautiful Humboldt Redwood. Find out more at ashbylumber.com. For all your building needs, Ashby Lumber.
10: August 6th is International Trading Card Day, and Topps wants to celebrate with you. Visit your participating local hobby shop where you will receive a free pack of cards plus a special card if you purchase $10 or more of TOPS products while supplies last. Post your packs on social media using the hashtag TOPSITCD and follow along with TOPS. Visit tops.com for more information.
5: Staples has everything for school at great prices. So this year you won't go back to school. You'll be ready to move forward and master fifth grade math. I can't do this. It's impossible. Uh, not you, dad. Your daughter. Staples will help her move forward. Ah, right. Right now, Staples cop books and number two pencils are just 50 cents each. Plus, two pocket paper folders are only 25 cents each. Everything on your list at amazing prices. Staples, we're not going back. We're going forward to school. And 27 in-store, only limit 30.
2: Now, here's the O2 pitch. Waved it, and Cole Irvin strikes out the
1: side. A's cast is your 24-7 destination for A's baseball. Visit athletics.com slash A's cast for on-demand and live coverage of the Oakland A's. Now back to A's total access with Chris Townsend. Presented by Chevron.
4: Astros and athletics coming your way at 640 right here on A's cast. And the A's Radio Network, Ken Korak and Vince Catronio on the call. Time now for the stat of the day brought to you by Mechanics Bank. Well, for Frankie Montas, could be his last outing for the A's. 1-5 and in 11 home starts, even though he has a 2.27 ERA during that time. The A's have scored one or zero runs in 10 of his 18 starts. Get him some runs tonight. Would ya? And it's now time for the injury report, brought to you by Kaiser Permanente. Kaiser Permanente, reminding you to stay safe, stay positive, and stay healthy. Visit kp.org today. A rehab assignment for Jed Lowry down in Vegas. Here is Hotze.
0: Yeah, Jed should be in the lineup today. Um,
3: I believe he's in the field for five, maybe trying to get him to three at bats. Uh, I think tomorrow uh, would be a DH day if uh, if all goes well tonight with him and his recovery. Tomorrow's a day game early in again uh, Round Rock or something. Talk. Are they in they're Vegas? Yeah, they're in Vegas. Now. That's right. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Thank you, Manola. Way to be on top of that. Daniel
4: Susack, the first-round pick next, right here on A's Total Access, brought to you by Chevron. This is Chris Townsend for the Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek. Great news. Our indoor dining is back, along with our beautiful patio dining. Come taste our world-famous chicken pie that has been served in Southern California for 83 years. The Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek has one of the most dynamic menus, plus a full bar. Hot pies, gourmet burgers, sandwiches, salads, flatbreads, and more. Don't forget, we still do takeout and delivery. For all the information, go to chickenpieshopwc.com. That's chickenpieshopwc.com.
13: Now batting Xfinity Internet. It's made to do anything so you can do anything. Supercharge your home with incredibly fast and powerful supersonic Wi Fi. With three times more bandwidth, it covers all the bases and then some. And strike out billions of threats with advanced security that helps keep you safe at home and on the go. If you're keeping score, that's internet that does it all. That's unbeatable internet from Xfinity, proud partner of the Oakland Athletics. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas.
5: This is A's Total Access.
4: Catcher for the University of Arizona, selected by the Athletics in the first round, 19th pick. Daniel Susack joined us on A's Cast Live and talking about how excited he is to be here in Oakland.
13: How's it going, A's fans? I'm excited to be here.
4: I got to think for you a day like this, taking BP with the big club. We did it with Henry Bolte yesterday, Mm -hmm. and it's just got to be an amazing feeling that Houston Astros are coming out of the field. It's like you're now kind of a part of this fraternity. What's it like?
13: You know, it's really fun. Obviously, you know, getting to hit some big league balls with some big league players is really fun getting to meet all the guys, you know, even guys my brother played with. I think it's really fun and, you know, just trying to take it all in.
4: You know, you, you think about an opportunity like this, what a year it's been, and Chip Hale, your your, your, yeah. your coach, is good friends of ours for his years on Bob Melvin's staff. You know, he was recently on with our buddy Roxy Bernstein talking about you. It's just what a good time, you know, and to be drafted in an organization where you know you're going to get a lot of opportunities, That that's got to feel great for you.
13: It does. You know, I'm excited to play, you know, at a place that really wanted me. Um, I think that was one thing to emphasized for me, and that's huge for me, somebody that really wants me. And, I, you know, I'm going to do all I can to keep working my way up and help contribute to the team.
4: What was it like going through, let's say, around the 15th pick on? Because, you know, there's teams that like you. They've talked to you. Take us through that process, and then finally at 19, the A's call.
13: You know, it's an exciting process, but it's also very stressful. Stuff's yeah. going fast. Everything's going fast. And I think I knew right around pick 15 or pick 16 that I was going to the A's. And, you know, it was an exciting phone call. Just my whole family plus friends, 150 people there. Especially <laughs> from awesome. from being an hour and a half away, I think it was really exciting.
4: Oh, so so what did the A's say when you got on the phone?
13: Uh, you know, they talked to me earlier, and then obviously they were talking to my agent mainly, and they were like, you know, he's our guy, we want him, and, you know, we got it done.
4: And I'm sure Chip kind of pumped you up on the A's too, right?
13: I hope so. I hope so.
4: So I got to think that worked well. You know, when you think about your game – you're a tall catcher. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's you know, you coming over, what are you, about 6'5"? 6'4". 6'4"? Yeah, so how does that play for you? Give, me, give us your strengths as a big catcher.
13: I think my biggest strength has nothing to do with height. I think it's more leadership back there, you know, understanding that as a catcher, you're nothing without your pitching staff basically, so trying to get the most out of them. But I think what I do best is throwing, trying to limit the run game. I uh, have pretty strong arm, so I think that's what I'd probably do best as a catcher.
4: Yeah, he said you can even go Benito Santiago and throw from your knees. You like to do that?
13: I do. I do like to do it sometimes. Catch people by surprise.
4: Yeah. Does that help with your size too? The fact the long arms, you don't have to get up. You don't have to make that turn. You can just throw that bullet.
13: It does. You know, obviously, having long levers, it's easy to you know snap that ball in a second off the knees.
4: You know, the one thing that uh, you know you talk about with catcher is so much people focus on offense, but as you said, the pitching staff, what it means like. Offense is always the add-on, especially when you get here. I think of, you know, you know, just across the way, Martín Maldonado. They talk about he can be the, the Astros' MVP, and he hasn't done much offensively. It's how he's handled the staff, just how important it is for you to handle the staff, just not the starters, but to even know all the arms down the bullpen.
13: It's extremely important. I think it's the most important thing as a catcher is handling that staff, getting the most out of them, because if they aren't comfortable pitching to you, you're not going to get the most out of them. And at the end of the day, if your pitcher pitches good, you don't have to do much as an offense.
4: And then for you, when did you learn it's so pivotal that you not only have to know what guys throw and know the entire staff, you got to know what makes them tick. You got to know what makes them tick in certain situations. You played in the Pac 12, one of the most competitive leagues. You got to know when a guy's coming out, what pitches he needs to throw in those pressure situations. When did you know that's something that
13: I have to know on a daily basis? I think right when I got on campus at college was when I really started to you know take off there. You know, maybe going to go get dinner with a guy, uh, inviting him over to watch a game, seeing what makes him upset, but also what makes him happy, knowing what he wants to hear and what he doesn't want to hear. Because you know, there's times for both. Uh, if a guy's struggling, is he a guy that you get on, or is he a guy that you, you know, soften up a little bit for? And that's all off the field, in my opinion. Getting to know them as a person, how are they in the weight room? How are they as, you know, a student? So I think that's huge.
4: That's a leadership quality. And, you you know, there's one thing, catchers are always going to be leaders. It's always funny. People never think of the game this way. But it's the only position where everybody looks at you and you look at everybody else. Yeah. It's so unique that way. And there's just whether you want to be a leader or, or not,
13: you have to be. It's just what the position calls for. Exactly. That's why I love it. I'm playing quarterback my whole life. It's the same way. And I've always liked, you know, having the game in my hands in that aspect.
4: Did you think about playing college football?
13: I did a little bit. Um. If there was no injury risk, it's something I probably would have (laughs) done. But, uh, you know, football I love. I love watching it as well.
4: Tell us about your offensive game.
13: I think I don't get enough credit, in my opinion, for hitting. I think, you know, sometimes I'll swing outside the zone a little bit, but sometimes, you know, I get hits with it. And I've always had the ability since I was little to hit the ball the other way, and I use it to my advantage at times. Uh, Have some power in there. Um, I know I think I can tap into a little bit more, but I would say hit over power at the time. And, you know, I think the power will keep coming as they get older.
4: Best story that I've heard about you that made me excited because one of the things that I don't like covering this game for many, many years is how we become a three-true outcome game, home runs, strikeouts, walks. And we look up at a scoreboard and see a bunch of guys hitting a buck 90 or 220. I hate that. Mm -hmm. Best story I heard about you. Was at Arizona, they'd try and shift on you, you'd beat the shift, and then you'd talk smack to your teammates saying, You can't shift on me, showing that you have back control.
13: Yeah, I would do that to Chip all the time in practice as well. Uh, you know, I just like to light a little fire in practice. You know, sometimes practices need it. But I think Texas Tech tried to do it to me earlier in the year. Um, you know, I'll just take what they give me, you know, because at the end of the year, you might want that hit. Maybe it's an extra, you know, three points that could have bumped you up to the next, you know, mark.
4: I love it. Back control, big guy, great arm. Going to be a good pick. Coming up next, oh, it's radio gold. Scott Emerson joins the voice of your Oakland Athletics, Ken Korak. So we get you ready for the A's and the Astros right here on A's. Total access brought to you by Chevron. Looking to stay up-to-date on all things A's? Head over to athletics.com slash A'scast. That's athletics.com slash A'scast to listen to A's baseball and full 24-7 coverage of the A's only on A'scast. With a single click, you can stream great shows, live pre- and post-game coverage, and, of course, all the great action of the A's this season. Head to athletics.com slash A'scast today.
7: This radio commercial was made to convince you to stop speeding. We can't use siren sound effects on the radio, so we'll use other equally jarring sound effects to get your attention, like telling you that whether you drive a little over the speed limit or a lot, you can crash just the same. You could hurt yourself, or worse, others.
13: I'm at the scene of the collision,
7: and the damage you cause will be beyond repair. See? We didn't have to use crash or siren sounds after all. Speeding catches up with you,
6: brought to you by Nitza. DQ presents Picture This. Picture yourself at DQ on Thursday, July 28th for Miracle Treat Day. You roll up to order a blizzard with your friends and family like you have so many times before. But on this day, every flavor comes with a much needed dose of hope. For every blizzard you buy at participating locations, $1 or more will be donated to Children's Miracle Network Hospitals for your local children's hospital, making Miracle Treat Day the most satisfying way to give hope to kids in your community. Thursday, July 28th at DQ.
5: This is A's Total Access. It's
2: Tuesday baseball at the Coliseum. It's game two, the A's and the Astros. The A's looking to keep it going after the win last night. And A's pitcher coach, Scott Emerson, is with us. And you had a first Major League win for Adam Aller last night. That's always a a fun thing for you, especially after the game in the clubhouse.
14: Yeah, it's great to go out and see him. You know, he's put in a lot of work over the last few months to – you know, get back up here and, and grind and, and do what he's got to do. And, you know, he went out last night, performed well, got into the sixth inning, you know, something that we're trying to get all our starters to do. And uh, it just came to a point in time where it, it set up good for our relievers. But Adam competed real well, uh, threw a lot of strikes for him. And and uh, we're just going to kill building off of that performance.
2: Where is Aller now, Emo, compared to where he was when he made his first start of the year?
14: Well, like I said, you know, strikes is important. You know, he's got good stuff. And when he learns how to really move his fastball around, it'll help out his cutter, his breaking ball, and his changeup. You know, a little bit limited changeup last night, but, uh, you know, one left-handed hitter in the lineup. So, uh, you know, when you see that, you're probably not going to go soft into many right-handers right on right. There are times when you do that. But, uh, you know, he did a really good job of mixing up his pitches, and his fastball command keeps improving each and every time out. And when we get that locked in, uh, it's going to be a lot easier for him to uh, get his outs.
2: As we're recording this this afternoon, it's exactly 2 o'clock. You're going to go down to the bullpen, and Paul Blackburn will throw a side today. What do you hope to accomplish when a pitcher like Blackburn, who's struggled a bit last two or three starts, goes out to throw side.
14: yeah just trying to get Paul to remember the good times what he did early in the season uh, stayed in his legs good delivery got out in front drove baseballs uh, top to bottom and uh, when he stays in his legs he's really good and uh, you know his pitch metrics have been relatively the same and and now we just got to make sure that he's feeling good about how he's throwing the baseball
2: are you big on watching video with your pitchers
14: well, I, I watch videos more, but I, I'm really more big on how they're feeling and how they uh, how they feel like they're moving. I think you can really break down video into a way that, you know, is a negative thing where a lot of people can see a lot of mistakes and you got to stay on the positives. And I know our guys break down video. I do send them, you know, uh, some picture frames off the video. So yeah, I guess, you know, we're in tune with what we're doing body-wise, uh, but uh, you know I want them to feel it when they're out there with the baseball in their hand. So
2: you're saying you can get too analytic with that stuff?
14: Yeah, you know uh, uh, what is it? The analysis by paralysis. You, you know, you start thinking that's the one thing you got to just kind of watch for with the technology, is that you know it, it it pretty much picks up everything. You know how everything is moving, and and everybody's motor preference for each pitcher is different. How they sequence. How they, uh, you know, how they get into their legs, how they get onto their front leg, where their release point is, where their head is. Yes, we have some guidelines that we'd like to see, but in, in, at the end of the day, everybody's different. Do so you
2: guys get maybe too obsessed sometimes with, like, the speed gun readings or the RPMs or thinking, i got to get more, like, like, 500 more RPMs on my braking ball?
14: Yeah, I think you see that nowadays. Uh, where you know, everything is measurable. So uh, you know, for me, it's still winning the count advantage. Anytime you can win the count, be in positive counts for you as a pitcher, meaning ahead in the count, uh, winning the 1-1 one, one count, throwing first pitch strikes, you know throwing two two strikes you know comes back to throwing strikes anytime you can do all that even if you don't have the spins in general you're a successful pitcher you can have all the spins and all the velocities in the world but if you're living in uh, hitters counts all the time uh, you're gonna have uh, a, a big struggle yeah
2: what are some of the keys couple of keys for Frankie Motos tonight
14: I think you know Frankie just you know getting back to feeling good about himself he's been off the mound three times since the so, uh, shoulder two bullpens and one game so Building that pitch count back up, you know, the ability to throw his fastball to both sides of the plate, get that split, get that extension on his split where he's landing that split and then showing it for some uh, chase is, is important for him. I think his breaking ball has made great progress over the last few years, and, you know, he's always fun to watch pitch. The fact
2: that he hit 98 with his fastball in his first start after being out on Thursday did that give him a boost of confidence that, he, that he's back to good health?
14: Yeah, I think it did. You know, uh, for me, it's a lot about command, about being able to put your body in those positions to make pitches. You know, generally the first thing that goes when guys are hurting is their command, not their velocity, because they'll find a way to to power it up there, to muster it up there. So, you know, I I look for the, the crispness of his command, the ability to go down the way to his glove side, the ability to run the fastball up and into his arm side, and we'll see where that split plays.
2: Okay, that's Scott Emerson, Townie, and we'll send things back over to you.
4: Tonight is a perfect night for baseball here at the Coliseum. The A's offense has been red hot. The last 11 games, they've scored 55 runs, hit 15 home runs, and hopefully they can do that again tonight against the Houston Astros and what could also be the last outing for Frankie Montas as an Oakland Oakland athletic. It's all coming your way next from the Coliseum, and I'll talk to you after the ball
0: game
5: They say to never mess with the classics, but Panera did just that and more with our new
4: Chef's Chicken Sandwiches by using pan-seared chicken, our secret garlic aioli
5: recipe, parmesan crisps, and pickle chips, all on a buttery brioche roll. Because if no one messed with the classics, you'd never have a chicken sandwich this good. New Chef's Chicken Sandwiches from Panera. Only $1 delivery fee when you order on our app.